Hey, I'm Rusty. And I'm Heather. We're the Bryants, and this is the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. We are here to encourage healthy marriages, strengthen wounded marriages, and begin the process of restoration to broken marriages. We aren't licensed counselors, but we are a redeemed couple that loves the Lord, and we want to help you journey through this messy, challenging, and fun part of life called marriage. Welcome back to another episode of the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. This is Rusty and Heather Bryant. This is uh, Season 2 and the second episode of Season 2. We're actually going to follow up on what we started last week um, with Part 2 of Believing the Lies of the Enemy. And really what we're trying to do in this new season is uh, we want to kind of unpack our story uh, from 10 years ago and our marriage crisis Um, and just kind of dive into that a little bit deeper and just share some insights that we learned and um, just uh, kind of how God was able to redeem and perform a miracle in our marriage. Um, One of the things that we talked about last week was just how we really don't want this to be a spotlight on our story um, necessarily, but we want it to be about glorifying God through um, through our story and the miracle that He performed and um, the redemption of our marriage. And uh, so we really hope and pray that that's what people hear when they're listening to our podcast over the next few weeks. But um, yesterday we were traveling and we had an opportunity to hear a sermon. And I thought that it was just perfect, some of the things that were said in the sermon. But um, one of the stories and illustrations that was being used was about um, a man who's who was just a mess, and it just kept saying um, that his his life was a mess, and and then it said that his mess became his message, and I just love that because that's exactly what we're trying to do is to take the the mess that our marriage was ten years ago and make it into our message. Um, and our message of hope for all marriages. Um, and then he went on in that in that sermon to talk about how um, Satan means things for harm, but then God turns it around and uses it for good. And not only that, but I loved how he said that he takes it and weaponizes it against mm-hmm. Satan for the very thing that he was trying to ruin. That's right. And so um, just like he was trying to ruin our marriage, uh, we have been able to take that story and how God has redeemed it and weaponize it and now hopefully use it against Satan as we try to help other marriages. So that's, right. that's the whole purpose of us um, telling our story and, and then um, the insights that we've, that we've kind of gained uh, from that. So, uh, so just to kind of go back on last week's episode for just a minute, um, in summary, just the summary of our story, which we'll tell bits and pieces of throughout these next few weeks. But the the story is that in August of 2011, uh, Heather came to me and confessed that she had been unfaithful in our marriage and that it had gone on uh, throughout that summer leading up to that um, and leading up to her confession of that to, to me. And so what we wanted to do last week was really just try to get to a point where we could where we could just discuss and dive into where she actually started believing the lies of the enemy 
Um, and she mentioned that really it was five years, uh, even five or more years. I, I don't think you ever really said exactly, but several years before you actually started making those um, destructive choices, it was uh, you had gotten to a point where you said this could never happen to me, and it and it wasn't a confidence thing it was a cockiness of i can't believe anybody would ever do something like that and i would never do anything like that and so you know that was kind of the first lie that that you just um believed that the enemy was telling you that you weren't in danger of anything like that ever happening and it just let your guard down that's right um and then leading on into closer to those destructive decisions and the choices that you were making throughout the summer um you know you you felt like that as you got closer and closer to doing inappropriate things that you just felt like you were in control yeah and that um nothing was going to happen because Mm -hmm. you had everything under control and then as you started making those inappropriate um moves towards something even worse you believe the lies of the enemy that it wasn't inappropriate. That's right. Um, that what you were doing was just just fine. And innocent. And innocent, yep. Mm-hmm. So that kind of summarizes. I know I just talked for um, quite yeah, a long time doing. during that intro, but I just wanted to set us up because uh, one of the things that I said last week was, you know, I wanted us to, to talk about how, you know, your heart and your mind and your thoughts leading up to that summer but then as you got into the summer and you really started making choices and decisions and you really were crossing the line, um, you know, where was your heart at that point? And what were the what were the lies then that you were believing, the, you know, new lies or old lies or whatever? Right. Um, but just to kind of get a picture of where your heart was during that and some of the things that you might have been thinking. Sure, sure. You know, when we started talking about doing um, our story, it and you asked me to think back and, and really pinpoint some things um, that I was thinking before or ways that I got into the situation that I was in. And it's, it's crazy to think back because I think back and I don't, I wasn't thinking those things then. Because if I was, I wouldn't have gotten myself into the situation. So one of the lies that the enemy tells us or that happens is he kind of blinds us to our sin. Um, Kind of, you know, telling us that it's not really sin. It's not, you know, that's not what what God meant when he said this. Um, Because looking back on it now... I can see those things and pinpoint them and and know what the enemy was doing. But it but it wasn't when I was going through it, I didn't feel that way. Um, my mentor told me something one time and this really, really stuck with me. If you think about a fisherman and um, and him going out to catch fish, he doesn't throw a hook in the water and expect the fish to bite. There's nothing attractive about a hook. Um, There is, I mean, fish wouldn't bite it. There's nothing to lure them in, but that's the ultimate goal is to catch the fish 
and and be able to pull it out so what fishermen do is they dress it up with something shiny something beautiful something that um, is attractive to the fish so that then the fish is attracted to it and but once it bites it's got it and I feel like that's what happened to me there were things about what I was walking through that looked attractive, that looked great, that I thought would fill me up, that I thought would be life-giving. and But when I bit, when I dove in and crossed that line, I was hooked. And, and I didn't know how to escape from that. So when I think back to some of the things of what my life looked like, but again, didn't know it as I was walking through it. Because if I had, I wouldn't have done it, mm-hmm. okay? But looking back, um, I did not have a relationship with Jesus. There was definitely a spiritual aspect. Huge part of this was um, that I wasn't walking with the Lord. Um, I you know, grew up in the church. I had tons of head knowledge knew the stories, knew the background, knew all the um, Bible stories that um, that one could know, but I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. I wasn't walking with him and talking to him and listening to his voice daily. It was very much a head knowledge versus relationship. So that's a danger. If you If you are listening to this and you're thinking, you know, oh, I'm a Christian. What does that look like? Are you are you walking daily? I know I told last week about my daddy whistling. You didn't cut that part out, did you? Hmm. I don't know. You don't know. I don't think I did. Okay. No, no, I didn't. You didn't. I didn't. It, okay. was on. Yeah, it was on. Okay. So about my daddy whistling and me me being able to recognize his whistle anywhere, um, because I'd heard it all of my life. And, and, it, and it got my attention. That's how I want it, how I am now with the voice of God. Like, I want to be able to hear Him over every other voice. But when I was walking through that, that relationship was not there. So just not having, um, not, not having a relationship with Jesus was a huge, huge part of me being um, very easily swayed by the voice of the enemy. Another thing that um, that I think about is I was very, very self-absorbed. Um, every single thing was about me. I had to be the best mom. I had to have the best of this and the best of that. Um, I, you know, it, it was very, very much me, me, me. My happiness, what I wanted, what I felt I deserved. Um, and I think we all have a little um, robot in us that's taught, that um, makes us feel very much, what do I want? What are my desires? What do I deserve? And so my eyes were very, very, very much on me and not on my family or what was best for my marriage, my friendships, my family, um, and things like that. You know, I remember, you know, and like you said, it's so much easier 
looking back on things. And obviously both of us have just in our minds dissected every little, you know, every day of that summer trying to figure things out. And I mean, even just through counseling and stuff that we, that we went through, but I, you know, I can remember, and again, even, even me, I didn't really see it for what it was going through it, but you know, there were times that like you were like other people were always wrong. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, even if somebody sort of pointed out something about you, it was never like it, you, you were always able to turn it back on them. And I can't believe, you know, and that's not true or whatever that, and like, I just remember little things and it was never something where, where it was a big, huge red flag where I went, Ooh, something's going right, on, sure. but I can just remember going back and looking through it and then like there were other things that that i you know like you would forget things that were supposed to be really important to our family you know like you would forget not immediate family but birthday parties and things Mm -hmm. that we were supposed to be involved in because i mean it's just like what you said your eyes Mm -hmm. were just on you and then even when it happened you you i don't remember there ever being a time where you were able to just go "Mm, that's my bad you know my fault i'm sorry Mm -hmm. it was always yeah very defensive Mm -hmm. um so i mean i think that 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 you pointing that out is huge because if there are people that are out there that just everything is about them yeah like there's a danger absolutely there's a huge danger and you know if you if you are in uh, in a spot where you can't admit where you're wrong Mm -hmm. and you're constantly even when people are trying to point out that's right faults or things that may look you know uncomfortable to them and they're trying to point and you and you're constantly throwing it back and no that's not and making excuses yeah making excuses then yeah there's a danger and you are you know at that point you're definitely believing some lies from the enemy at that point yeah um you know one of the other things that um i think was so um subtle and so um I guess normal for our world today are the things that I was putting into my mind and into my heart. Um, You know, I wasn't doing anything. I mean, I wasn't putting, you know, horrible stuff in my head, but the things that I was focusing on and doing like, and you know, I'm going to get, somebody's going to comment on this, (laughs) but I was obsessed with the show, The Bachelor. Mm -hmm. Like, and you know it's not that the bachelor is bad whatever but for me i mean i'm i will choose not to do to watch that anymore because it's just the whole idea of you know choosing between several men or choosing between several women and and going and you know having dates with all these people and spend the nights um you know having nights with these women or these men or whatever and that's just not what god designed for relationships to be and so even though i wasn't modeling myself after that show it puts an incorrect picture of what god wants for relationships into my head and it just kind of normalized 
some of that and that's that's just an example yeah and, and i mean and you're right so so much of that it's for entertainment and sure. people you know you can we could talk about it and we could yeah. twist it from well, every angle that, i don't want anybody listening to think i'm calling them out right because it's not it's no not it's that. not that but but for you during that time and it, and i don't think it was just the bachelor i mean there or you know a show like that sure. there were some other you know, just normal shows, right. but they sort of glorify just the whole, right. you know, sleeping around and multiple partners. I mean, obviously, most shows today don't don't glorify the typical man and wife and one right. one husband, one, one wife forever. Life. <laughs> you know, that's just yeah. not it. And so, I mean, you can't, we can't escape that, but you know when you when you were going through all that that was just a big part of sure. of your life you made it a big part of your life and because of everything else that was going on then that was even that, that was much more, more dangerous thing. that's right that's right and it wasn't that thing alone but that right. was just one more thing added um into that was feeding into my problem mm-hmm. and so when i think back on it i just wish that i had put boundaries yeah. um up um, you know, I think kind of as I thought through the things that I could pinpoint, like going back, um, you know, one of our counselors told us, and you might can help me um, remember exactly because, you know, my memory is so great. Yeah. Um, but where he talked about how having an affair or doing in, you know, having inappropriate conversations or inappropriate things with with um somebody outside of marriage is like a drug Mm. um yeah and actually actually what he said it was our very first counseling session which i'm sure we'll talk as we talk more about our story just kind of how all that happened but um it was the day after i found out we went to counseling immediately and that and one of the things he said was that the your brain the part of your brain that's affected um, by an affair is the same part of your brain that cocaine affects. And so, again, somebody out there is probably going to go, whoa, I'm a scientist and I don't know what in the world. I probably didn't say that exactly right, but... But that that's the gist of what he said is that it, it affects the part of your brain like a drug would affect right. your, your right. brain. Um, right. So once that initial thing happened, it what I, you know, I, I, I mentioned the other night and I also um, was thinking about how not only did I beat myself up because it happened, and then I felt worse, and then I felt like I was really alone and couldn't tell anybody, and couldn't. So then I was seeking that much more affirmation because I was in such a low, low spot. So I'm in, you know, in that low spot that I allowed it to happen, but yet I needed somebody to pull me out of that, and needing somebody to need me, and then also with it having the same effect as cocaine, mm-hmm. it's kind of just, it just snowballed completely out of control. And at that point, I didn't know how to stop. I didn't know how to get out of it. I didn't think I, I you know, of course, then the enemy really lies to you. And it's like, if 
if you confess, if you find, if he finds out he's going to leave you, you know, and then, so you, you get, I got kind of wrapped up in hiding it and mm-hmm. making everything hidden. So, you know, the whole, how did, you know, I, I said last week about the lady who said, how did you take that step and finally cross the line? It, it's, it was much more than that. It wasn't like a, okay, I'm going to do it. It was a gradual, slipping, sliding slope that just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed until it was out of control. Yeah, and now that you've kind of mentioned that and you sort of have stepped stepped into, um, I mean, you mentioned the whole confession thing. And, you know, I, when when you did confess what what were the lies that you felt at that point or even um you know i think we'll get into the whole confession thing at some sure. point and kind of how that went down because yeah, that's yeah. a little bit more of my story yeah yeah but you know as you were thinking about it you know what was it that that the enemy was saying to you at that point oh i mean that was probably worse um just um hearing that i was worthless I was worthless. There was no way anybody could love me. Um, I was going to lose everything. I was going to lose my family. I mean, these are things I 100% believe, that I would never be able to walk into a church again, that I ruined my testimony, that I ruined um, my, my, my family's ministry. I mean, there were lots and lots of lies going on in my head then. That was probably the darkest of days for me when I um, had fallen and I absolutely saw no way of of getting up. Yeah. At what point do you think you you know even after after you told me, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what you were expecting as far as a reaction from mm-hmm. me. Um, and I really do want to talk about that. We may actually even do that next week where sure. we just kind of jump into, you know, kind of how you react and like, how right. did I react and, and, you know, what were the, the steps at that point? But, right. um, but when you, you know, when you first, when, I don't know what you were expecting, but at what point did you go, we got to have a miracle? Like there's 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 going to have to be a miracle in order to to save this marriage. Well, that's I mean that's actually a really tough question because I was in such a dark place and because I was believing so much of the lies of the enemy and because I felt like I had fallen so far away from the grace of God like miracle wasn't even even in my vocabulary at that point. Like I was so desperate just for to not lose my family. Um that I that but it what it wasn't a spiritual battle to me at that time. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't looking at it like that. Mm-hmm. But it's because I had gotten so far away um, from my relationship with the Lord, like there was none there that I wasn't begging for a miracle 
because I wasn't talking to the God who could grant that. Mm, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and of course we'll get into into um, later later times where I did so fall in love with Jesus and knew that he was capable of a miracle. And at that point, I started begging him for one. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I'm going to be real honest with you. Even after confession, when you say, when did you know I needed a miracle? I still thought it was going to be me that had to save our marriage. Hmm. Like it was still, because I was still so self-absorbed yeah. at that time. Yeah. Um, you know, because it was a good, it was a good week after um, confession before I was completely broken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we started talking last week just about um, how I kind of wanted to get get into your heart, into mm-hmm. your mind as things were going on during the summer, one of the things that I was trying to stress even last week was that, you know, it was, you were just normal. I mean, we were normal. We were a normal couple that was going to church and was were leading right. in church and you know, and so part of what I want, what I want people to hear is that, I mean, you have to set boundaries and you have to guard your heart because it can happen to anybody. And you know, I I said last week, you know, you aren't crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, although when we look back on some things, you know, I do. I mean, there, I don't think it wasn't crazy, but Satan. I mean, it was very very real spiritual warfare and there were i mean i have some specific examples that that i can share as well um but i do feel like you know just letting people know that you know you weren't you weren't you know uh, um doing drugs and you weren't on Mm -hmm. drinking and stuff that were that was altering your mind i mean you were making choices just as a normal person Mm -hmm. that's right and so it can happen. It can. And I, I don't want that to scare people. Right. Like, I don't want people to be like, oh, my gosh, then it could, you know, it might happen to me. Like, I don't go down that trail. Immediately say, it could happen. Yeah. So what am I going to do to make sure that it doesn't? Right. And that's what, like, I wish that, like, when I think back when I heard of my, you know, the couple in our church, that my friend, that that it happened to, instead of thinking, it's never going to happen to me, I wish that that had been um, a prompt and a check in my spirit to say, what can I do to make sure this never happens in my marriage? Mm-hmm. And I think if I had taken taken the road of being humble. And being um, and knowing that I needed God, like just crying out to Him and saying, "God, without you, these things can happen." Mm-hmm. And instead, I took the road of it. I mean, that part I can't believe that they allowed that to happen, and I would never do mm-hmm. that, and I would never allow it to happen in my marriage. And then. It just opened the door. Yep. And I do think that what you said at the very beginning, that you just weren't walking with God. And when you're not walking with God, you can't hear those prompts. You can't hear the Holy Spirit trying to, 
give you warning signs and fill those checks right and i do and i believe too even just those small things like the tv shows and Mm -hmm. things that you were watching you know if you're walking with god and you hear him say "Mm, this isn't the best choice and the Mm -hmm. best thing to be putting like flee from those things and and i mean i think that like even now today it's stuff like I mean, I wonder how many people get checks all the time when they're on social media. Yeah. Just like, hey, don't, you know, don't chase that rabbit. Or, right. or or you're spending a little bit too much time and it's causing you to have envy or jealousy or think or whatever it might be. And when you're hearing those things, like what we want to what we want you to hear is listen to the voice of God and make right. and make those choices before you start believing the lies of the enemy and you get too far down the slippery slope. That's right. Um, so, I don't know. I think it's just important for, again, like you said, not to scare people by by any means, but just to to know that, man, it, it happens to real people. It can happen to normal people. Um, and we don't want to see it happen to anybody because we know that the, the pain that it can cause. That's right. Um, so, uh, thanks for sharing your heart a little bit and just kind of what was going on. I know that's not easy to do, um, and to relive some of that, but I do think it's important for people just to know and to just to get a background and a foundation of our story and where it kind of started and how it all, how it all started from lies of the enemy. Um, so for uh, part two of Believing the Lies of the Enemy, um, we'll wrap that up and then we'll be back next week to dive into another topic. And uh, we want to thank you for listening. And we want to remind you, if you have an opportunity, please go follow our podcast. But it helps us to reach more people when you hit that rate button. Um, you you mark those five stars or whatever you choose to mark um and also if you have an opportunity to leave a short review uh it does put our message in front of more people so um help us help more marriages by um jumping in there and doing your part on uh on the podcast so uh thanks for listening and we'll see you next week